are the sons and daughters tonight? Y'all come on up on the front row. Come on up on the front row. Who said I'm here? <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hey, hey, where you been? Missed you Saturday night. Busy? All right. Good, good, good. Hey. Come on up, Mom. I can't function without you. <laughs> Got to have everybody at the dinner table. I used to like sitting in the living room. I hate to sit at the table. It's more comfortable when on the couch. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Go ahead and hit the rest of the lights because I can see you guys back there. Make sure you're not sleeping. Sonship. Y'all happy? Are y'all blessed? Amen. And we want to reach out to um, Robin. You know, her mother died today. And uh, so she's with Carrie right now. They're watch, probably watching live stream. Keep her up in prayer. Her sister and her family to comfort, God will comfort them on this time. But you see the hand of God. Robin's family all, all these years and how God brought his mom, her mom in here. She got saved. Amen. And she used to break down when I would hug her and tell her how beautiful she was. She said nobody's ever told her how beautiful she was. But God sees us all that way. Beautiful. It's like. So we see the hand of God in her life, and we know where she's at right now. In fact, she's looking on us right now. There's no, nothing between heaven and us. Heaven sees everything. Amen? So we know, thank God for her life. Thank God for the gift of her life to our ministry. Because she was a blessing to me to see her sit back there on that couch every time. But she was faithful. She was faithful. And how God blessed her to go see her her. Her grandson, right? The last week or a couple weeks ago. God was just all up in this thing. You know, and there, there's a time for death that we can't stop it. God can stop it. But we can't stop it. The Bible says we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So that means, what do we have to do today? We have to love. Because that's what we're judged on. Is how we loved. We're not judged on how much we preached or teached. God judges how much we loved. Amen? That's, that's the rule right there. So you can have a good, clean bill of health when you get to heaven if you'll just love people every day the way God has reached out to you and loved you. Amen? Well, discipleship, sonship, I was going to teach on... Out of the out of the manual, uh, it was um, communication. But I was studying it, and the Lord said, "Gene, I need you to teach on change because people can't effectively communicate to one another until they have gone through a level of change." Amen. That was powerful to me because you know people hate change, and we fear change even though we're called to it. You can't fight it. God says we're called to change. But he changes us from glory to glory. That's the beauty part about God. And he gave me some, some awesome revelation this morning, just, just revealed it to me. He said that we will never be great communicators until we success, successfully conquer change. And that's so true. Because it's God who wants to communicate to you through me and vice versa. So until we conquer change, we'll never be an effective communicator. Amen. There's a difference between having victory over change and conquering change. 
there's a big difference. Having victory over change gives you success, but you lose it unless you've conquered it. So the difference is power gives us the victory while presence gives us the conquering. So we have to have the power of Jesus for the victory. But we have to have the loving presence of our Father on our life to be able to conquer. And that's called dominion. Power plus presence equals dominion. And that's how you know you're in an apostolic church. Because you're starting to transition from a church mindset to a son and a daughter mindset. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome just to take on that mindset? If we just take on the mindset, can you imagine what's available to us? Our inheritance that Jesus died for. And it takes the riches of his glory to be able to, to bring it into our life. The riches, and one thing I want to say is, the hope of glory is in us. The knowledge of glory is Jesus. And the glory is God himself. Isn't that cool? Everybody says, well, I got the glory in me. I said, you know, you got the hope of glory in you. And Jesus is the knowledge of glory. So how do you get the knowledge of glory? Through a transformation a renewed mind, you get the knowledge of glory. So when you get the knowledge of glory, the one who is the glory rests on your knowledge. And that's Father. You want Him resting on your life. Amen? You want that mind transformed and renewed so you have the knowledge of God, which is Jesus Christ, but also have the presence of God resting on your life. So every measure of transformation and renewing of the mind, you're getting a measure of God resting on you, not just visiting anymore. Amen? You know, we come in here and worship him. He visits us, but my God, I want to take him with me. But his presence is so heavy and weighty, without a transformed or renewed mind, you won't be able to handle it. Because it'll wear you out. Amen. You feel how weighty it gets sometime in here. You know, it feels good. But you could be tired tomorrow from it. The most important thing to remember is this. And, I'll, and just, I, I sent this to Todd this morning so you can put it all on the screen. But this one won't be on the screen. So I'm going to say it, say it very slow. To be ready. To be ready at any moment. To give up. What you are for what you might become. To be ready at any moment to give up what you are for what you might become. God owns everything we have. God owns people. God owns your mother. God owns your father. He owns your wife. He owns your husband. Amen. And he can take them any time. And a lot of marriages, they have soul ties, emotionally dependent on each other. God does not want that. He wants you interdependent on each other. Amen. So when a mate dies, the other mate just wants to die as well. When they should go on to live for God. Because I want a soul tie with him. My soul tie is going to be with God forevermore. So to be ready at any moment to give up what you are what you are for what you might become. So look on the screen. Change. Change is the test of maturity. Right? That's what God tests in change. Is maturity. Immaturity reacts to change while maturity responds to change. <laughs> So, so change is a test for maturity. And God so desperately wants us to mature 
to be like him, to be sons and daughters like him. Not to react every time change comes and we miss what he's trying to bring into our life. So let's look at Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Everybody that's born again has a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. And God's working everything for your good. It's amazing how we can complain. While he's trying to bring good into our life. Amen. Go to the next verse. Let's go to 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, Paul just just unveils this thing as I go along. When Paul said, if God is for us, he was about to refer to all the difficulties that was about to happen to us. That's what he's referring to in those verses. In Romans 8.35, let's go to that. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? We are created not to want to be separated from love. Doesn't it feel awful when someone you love, you think you're going to lose them? We are created not to be separated from love. That's why he commands us to love every day. So Paul was indicating that since God was with him, he could have all these experiences and still be mature in his experience in them. Is that you? Is that me? Can you be mature in these experiences? In tribulation, in distress, in persecution? Famine, what if you didn't have any food? Can you still be mature? Nakedness, peril, sword. So I'm really focused on maturity. Because I know God wants to take, take kingdom life so much further down the road, but he won't take it with babies. He's going to take it with sons and daughters. That's how I know we're not quite ready. I think we're on the threshold of movement. But there's got to be a certain amount of sons and daughters that's got to move with the transition. Amen. That's got to carry the burden. So a person who reacts, and then this true, a person who reacts always seeks man for help. That's a sign for, of immaturity. A, ser, a person who responds always seeks God's help, and man never knows that he's in need. Nobody should ever know that you're in need. David said, if I was hungry, no one would know it. But babies and infants want to pick up the phone and have everybody praying about their need. Hoping somebody's going to help them out of that prayer. I'm trying to get you to change your mindset from church to kingdom. To kingdom. Difficulty is always a sign of provision. Difficulty is always a sign of provision. Romans 8.37 Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. So I explained that earlier. How are we more than a conqueror? Somebody asked, somebody's going to ask you about this verse one day. How can I be more than a conqueror? Present. The presence of God. The presence of God. The presence of God. And a sign of the presence of God is that you're at perfect peace no matter what's going on in your life. Hey, there's the glory couple. Come on up. Praise God. We were just talking about you today. So where have they been? So change... Happens to everyone. Amen. Hey, if you're around me, if things aren't changing, I'm going to be changing things. It's a true story. 
I love change. Because if you're a son and daughter of God, change is always going to be good for you, not bad for you. It's always going to be good. But an apostolic function loves change. I love change. Change happens to everyone. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24 and 27, change happens to everyone in this verse, to those who are prepared for it and those who are not prepared for it. So you can be a mature son and daughter and still go through the same hell that someone that's unprepared for it has to go through. And look at this verse. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who has built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them, he will be like a foolish, and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. So both houses were confronted with the same rain, with the same wind, with the same swirling water. Both houses were confronted with the same thing. See, your decision to build your life on the rock and from the rock is going to be your success. Your decision to build your life on the rock and from the rock rather than the sand does not make you immune from change. <laughs> it doesn't make you immune from change. The storms are still going to come, but it does affect the outcome. It does affect how you survive it. Amen? You want to come out without anybody knowing you just went through a change. Amen? Isn't that right, Pastor? <laughs> you really pastoring now, aren't you? Look at him. He's awesome. It, come on up here. At some point, at some point, and I'm going to see this with all the sons and daughters of Kingdom Life, I won't know you're going through a change because you're going to be beaming all the time. It's true. Because that's when you know that the greater one is in you. When you have a revelation that the greater one is in you, the change won't affect you. The difficulty won't affect you. Change, write this down, change proves the reality of faith. Change proves the reality of your faith. Change proves the reality of your faith. Let's look on the screen. The maturity of your belief system will be tested by change. Boy, that happens in this place, doesn't it? Man, those religious, religious, religious devils, they hate it when I get up to speak because I love to challenge their mindsets. So there's four principles of change and maturity, and these are very important that you get these, or it'll be on the screen. Four principles of change and maturity. Number one, change comes to test who we are and who we claim to be. Now, that one's strong. If you claim to be a son and a daughter of God, you better be still claiming it when you come out of that trial. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We need to come out of the trial saying, God, I'm your son. I went through the death. I went through the burial. I went through the rest. And here I am, all resurrected and shining for your glory. Isn't that beautiful? Praise God. So let's look at the second one. A person's maturity is measured by his or her response to change. These are four principles that you've got to really get in your spirit so that you can judge your maturity level when change comes. A person's maturity is measured by his or her response to change. Everybody got it? Number three, change will always manifest our maturity 
if it's truly there. Change will always manifest our maturity if it's truly there. You're going to look at change differently when it comes into your life now. Everybody got that? Number four, change is a means by which we can learn the mature response to unsettling times. Change is a means by which we can learn the mature response to unsettling times. And there's going to be some unsettling times as we move forward in our life. But it doesn't have to make you unsettled. Jesus and his disciples were in the same boat, right? When Jesus was at peace, the disciples were losing their mind. And Jesus was in the boat with them. <laughs> Doesn't that tell you something? It's still amazing to me that 12 disciples can be anointed but weren't saved. <laughs> Isn't that amazing to you? I said, I always thought they had to be saved, but the 12 disciples were never saved. The anointing came upon them, but they didn't even know the one they were walking with. Isn't that right? If Jesus walked in the room right now, you wouldn't know him. How you know him is in your spirit. That's how you know him. Because knowing, knowing, Happens right here. This is where knowing is going to happen, right here. Understanding is going to happen up here. All right, so how do I measure maturity in human experience? This is how you measure it. How do I measure maturity in hu human experience? Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Man, oh man, that's strong there. How many of y'all content? Whatever happens in your life. I know how to be abased, that means having nothing, and I know how to abound, having everything. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in essence, all circumstances were the same to Paul. So when you, when you start maturing, you're going you're gonna to find that when you're blessed, it's just going to be the same as if you had nothing. Nothing's changing. It's all the same. Because now you have laid hold of the one that laid hold of you. That's Jesus. So it doesn't matter if he blesses me. And it doesn't matter if he takes it away. Because he's everything that we need. He is everything that we need. He didn't let good times or difficult times prevent him from pursuing his purpose in life. See, that's the mindset you got to take on. Whether it's good times or bad times, it doesn't stop you from pursuing your purpose in life. Amen. I just know when God blessed me so much, after about three years I was born again, uh, financially just blessed me so much and I said Lord I don't want any more I don't need any more because I felt the temptation amen that the enemy wanted me to get sidetracked and get focused on this blessing and not on the blesser so I asked him not to do it because I wanted I didn't want to lose this relationship because I didn't think I was strong enough I was a three-year-old baby Christian but he said he couldn't because he said, I've raised you up to be a blessing. So he kept me strong. So that the blessing wouldn't lay hold of me. He kept me strong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I stayed lay hold of him. You got to lay hold of the one that's already laid hold of you. Romans 8.35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? Really meditate on that verse. Because when change comes, automatically we think of loss. Don't we? What am I going to lose? What am I going to lose in relationships? What am I going to lose in financial? What am I going to lose? 
This is nothing but a test of maturity, not what you're going to lose. Sometimes God doesn't want to take anything from you as long as he's first. When he's not first is when he starts taking things from you. Amen? Because he's a jealous God. He does not want nothing before him. He'll let you have everything in the world as long as he stays first. That's the key. And how do you put him first? You got your altar every morning. You're spending time with God. You putting first in thought. You putting first in, in action. You putting first in everything you do. You say, Lord, I acknowledge you in this decision. I, I, I thank you for this decision. I'm putting you first right now so that you establish my thoughts and direct my steps in this decision. That's how you put him first. That's how I've done it all these years. And he has always led me the right way. Always led me the right way. So Paul said he was more than a conqueror through all these things. Amen? And that is dominion. So maturity is measured by our response to change. Listen, evidently, you know, we are in transition right now. Amen? And I, 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 some people at Kingdom Life, I see, you know, uh, a concern on their life, and some I see a rejoicing on their life. And that, that lets me know what level of maturity they're at. Because immaturity doesn't like change because of the unknown of the future. Immaturity doesn't like change because of the unknown. But Jesus is the forerunner to everything that you don't know about. So when change hits your life, Jesus has already stepped in. He's already there. He's the great shepherd. He wants you to look to him. Not to man. When change comes into your life. So maturity is measured by our response to change. Let's look at Philippians 3, 13 and 14. And thank you, Todd, for jumping on this thing this morning. Todd had to do all this stuff this afternoon. Brethren, I do not count it myself to, be, to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. We're going into a new year. And I'm telling you, if you're still holding on to relationships that God doesn't want you to be in, you better let go of it before the end of the year. Because it's going to turn into hell next year. Amen? You're holding on to things that God has already said for you to let go. You better let go. Because when we, when we disobey God, we activate the curse. We activate the curse. And now the thing that I liked I hate and can't let go of it now. Why? Because you need grace to let go of things. That's why God is asking you to do things, so he gives you the grace to do it. Amen? It took Jesus to lay down his life. It took grace for him to die. It took grace for him to take sickness on. Amen? So if God has already asked you to do something, do it before the end of the year. Just do it. While the grace is still hovering over you. But he don't give you but a window. Then he puts you on your own. Now the thing that you didn't want to let go, you hate so much, you wish somebody would come take it. <laughs> Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, what is your call? In Christ. What is it? Fellowship. Fellowship. There's a difference between relationship and fellowship. I can have a relationship with you and not be in fellowship with you. The difference is this. I can hang out with you and be in relationship with you but not be in fellowship with you. Fellowship means I'm going to partner with you. That's why God said, I've called you into fellowship with my son. So I've called you into partnering with him. Take on that mindset that I'm partnering with Jesus. My call is not my preaching. 
My call is not my teaching. That's my duty to God. My call is that I've got to come into fellowship with the Son. Until then, you'll never know your purpose. You'll never know your purpose. And how do you know that you're in fellowship with Jesus? There's grace to let things go. There's grace to let things go. <laughs> That's why Paul, there was no difference to him. He could be abounding in blessing or abounding in lack, but it didn't affect him either way because grace had him covered. Grace had him covered. That fellowship with Jesus is so important. That's why you got to have that time every morning. Every morning. Get up. Let him be the first thing on your mind. Every man should have a war room. Amen. If you don't have one, I'll help you. We'll create one together. That's how important it is. So Paul was saying, if you can forget what you did before and press toward something you haven't done yet, that's maturity. If you can forget where, where you messed up, if you can forget where you messed up and just press forward to maturity, God will cover that that you messed up with grace and what, whoever got hurt along the way, he'll begin to heal them because you move forward into the things of God. You move forward into the things of God. That's maturity. Let's look at Philippians 31, 315. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. If in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So what Paul was saying here, Paul said only mature people can stop living in the past and accept the approaching future. The future is always coming to you. And just before the future touches your life, you're going to feel the change hit you. And then that's when we put all our guards up. And we're actually guarding the blessing from coming into our life. If you open your eyes into the spirit realm and you see what God was doing, then you wouldn't put all your guards up. Amen. You wouldn't put them up. This is so easy when you know that you're in fellowship with Jesus. It's so easy. But when you're not, then fear grabs a hold of you. Fear grabs a hold of you. And then you know what fear does? Fear. Fear is the medicine to pain. It just deepens it. The more you fear, the more the pain is going to be magnified when God finally puts you in that third dimension of discipline, which we call scourging, in a circumstance, you're really going to feel some pain when you can let it, just let God do it in your altar time, and you won't even know that you're going through the change from the inside. You won't feel the pain. He's never called us to pain. But most of the body of Christ is in pain. Why? Because they disobeyed somewhere along the line. And activated the curse. And brought sickness. Brought fear. Brought anger and all these things. Perversion. Into the life. So somewhere along the line. But we can still repent. And God can wipe that clean. So keep in mind, something good is always approaching you. Something good is always approaching you. When Marvin and Spring came in the door, something good had just approached me. Because <laughs> I hadn't seen them in months. They've been busy with their new jobs and this new prophet. Actually, as, as, as Bib says, super cool dude. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Look what the Lord has done. My Lord Jesus, with our marriages around here. I know a lot of them wanted to run just as far as they could from each other. <laughs> I remember those days. Now they can't let go of each other. Look at put the camera over there and let them see. <laughs> yeah, there's no room for me. There used, there used to be room for me over there. <laughs> so let's consider how we use the word maturity. Let's consider this. Because this is what soul shifters is all about. Is getting people into maturity. Look on the screen. It'll be on the screen. Maturity refers to responding constructively instead of merely reacting and thereby causing ourselves further disappointment, pain, and lost potential. You, did you get that one? Maturity refers to responding constructively in your change. Respond constructively in your change instead of merely reacting and thereby causing ourselves further disappointment, pain, and lost potential. Let me know if you didn't get it, I'll repeat it again. All right, maturity, write this down, maturity, therefore, is measured by our capacity, maturity is measured by our capacity to let go or to forget the past, to let go or forget the past and to build and create the future, to build and create the future. To let go of the past, let go of the things that are old, and build and create your future. Remember, you are partnering with Jesus. He's not going to do everything for you. He's going to do it out of the fellowship you have with him. He's a partner. He's going to partner with you in everything that you do. So those who are mature look to, look to the future and focus on fulfilling their purpose for living. Those who mature, we look to the future and focus on our purpose for living. Think about what your purpose is. What's your passion? That's your purpose. What's your passion? That's your purpose. And your purpose has many seasons attached to it. So I might be in a season of purpose. In, in business, I might be a season of purpose in ministry. I might be in a season of purpose for both. You just don't know. So there's many seasons attached to your purpose. But don't get focused on your season because that's where the change is. Stay focused on your purpose. Keep doing what you love to do while you're going through the change. There's something that everybody loves to do. Just keep doing that. Keep doing what you know to do until God changes what you're doing. Remember, everything is seasonal. Everything is seasonal. Everything is seasonal. If you're, if you're down and out right now, look up and smile. That's what faith is. If you're down and out, make the choice. There's one thing God has wanted ever since the fall of man. What is it? What is the one thing that God has wanted ever since the fall of man? Man's will. I told you you're a teacher. You're going to be teaching soul shifters. Watch. You're going to be awesome. Yeah. You're going to pass all the tests next year. Look up and smile. Because it's only a season. And the season can be a day. I see a lot of seasons in people's lives it turns into years. Because there's no revelation. There's no revelation being fed to them. So they go around the same season every year, every year and year. Only revelation can take you out of your season 
And only revelation can take you in your season. That's why you need to be in an apostolic ministry where revelation is flowing. Only revelation can take you in your season. And not all seasons are bad, all right? You have good seasons. That's why Paul said, hey, I've had good seasons, I've had bad seasons, and they both are the same to me. Because I'm in him, I'm in fellowship with him. There's nothing more important than your time with God in the morning. There's nothing more important. If you have children, then just get up hours before the kids get up. you got to make that time. Because listen, if you're the head of the house or the woman of the house, it's going to flow right to your children. It's going to flow to whoever has your blood. That blessing is going to flow to them because of your fellowship with Jesus. Amen. The mature won't know. I love this. The mature won't know which season they're in because they're so full and flooded with God. Isn't that awesome? You never know what season you're in. They're all running together. But you're so full and flooded with God that your season is not affecting your flesh. Because your flesh is dead. When the flesh is not dead, it reacts. Amen? It reacts. I don't want to feel the chain. You want to be numb to it. So there will be a time when you won't know which season you're in. Wouldn't that be a blessing? And when you're full of God, you're full of joy, you're full of peace, you're full of the things of God. Nothing else has any room. Seasons are to change us from glory to glory. Maturity has nothing to do with age. Praise God for that. Maturity has nothing to do with your age. I remember saying to the Lord when I was 32 years old, sitting at Coastal Cathedral, I said, I can never be a preacher. I'm too old. I did. Because I thought I had to go through six to eight years of theological school. Because that's what Church of God people make you do. They want to get theology in before revelation can come. Maturity has nothing to do with age. Change is the greatest revealer of your inner true maturity. Change is the greatest revealer of your inward true maturity. That little man right up there on that chart. Change is the greatest revealer of that inward maturity. All right. So inner maturity has to do with our ability. And I love this. To maintain our balance. Our perspective. And our internal peace in the middle of the unexpected. Now, that's deep right there. But it's possible. It's possible. Paul did it. Jesus did it. And now God is saying we can do it. Balance is the key to anything in life. Make sure you write that one down. need you to meditate on that. You got it? All right, let's go on the screen again. If change de debilitates you, immobilizes you or disarms your mental faculties to the point where they cannot respond and function in a positive and progressive manner, you can be described as immature. <laughs> I couldn't write fast enough this morning in worship. <clears throat> if change debilitates you, immobilizes you, or disarms your mental faculties, that means your soulish functions, your intellect, your will, your emotions, and your affections, to the point where they cannot respond and function in a positive and progressive manner, you can be described as immature. God put those functions in us to produce positive, not negative. I love it that everybody writes... I know you're studying. Jesus made this remarkable statement 
in Mark 10, 15. It says, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So what's that telling us in change? We got to become a child. A little child. That child does not have any worries. Because he knows dad's going to provide for him. Mom's going to feed him. Amen. And we can just chew on our clothes. <laughs> That's how we enter the kingdom. As a, as a child. So when change comes in your life, become a child. A, a, a child, a, chi a child trusts you. It's amazing how a child can trust you. Even a stranger, a child can trust. So Jesus was saying we should look at life with a fresh perspective and acceptance of a child. We don't have to know everything. It's amazing. We've got to know everything before we move to anything. <laughs> I'm guilty of that too. <laughs> I have to know everything before I can move to anything. Amen. Look at life with a fresh perspective and acceptance as a child. All right? So let's look on the screen. You can approach change as a child by realizing God promises that all things are working for your good. Amen. So there's something God, there's there's something good I have to look for in this change. It's amazing how we can start looking at the bad. Oh me. Well, that's what Paul said. There was no difference. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm I get it. That's what Paul was saying. So when you, when you maintain a close relationship with the Father, you will know how to handle specific times of change. See, the relationship has to be with Father. The fellowship has to be with Jesus. When Jesus said, my Father and I are one, he said, my Father and I are in fellowship. Amen. We're in fellowship. We must adjust our thoughts to control his response based on our Father's guidance. We must adjust our thoughts to control his response based on our Father's guidance. That's why Paul said, bring every thought captive. And it's... We must adjust our thoughts to control his response. And his response is going to be based on his father's guidance. Adjust these thoughts. Bring them captive. It's amazing when, you, when you, you're just still for a moment and bring that thought captive. How easy it is to respond instead of react. Just hold your tongue a minute. You know, bring the thought captive and let the response bubble up out of you. And then you'll be blessed and the person with you will be blessed. Because his response is always going to be gentle. So release your potential through change. You've got to embrace change. I remember Marvin and Spring, all the changes they had to embrace to get to where they are today. That's a testimony. Amen? I could write a book on their relationship. Right? There was a lot of revelation. A lot of testimony. Amen? And God came through every time. It's amazing how much quicker God can come through when we just surrender and become that child. Because he's looking on you. He sees everything that you're doing. He knows where you are. So it's so easy just to surrender. Say, Lord, here I am. I'm, I'm not on this earth for me. I'm on this earth for you. 
That's what the mindset we should be taking on. I'm not on this earth to see what I can get. I'm on this earth to see what I can conquer. So to exist is to change. This was good. I think there's no, yeah, that's it. To exist is to change. To change is to mature. To mature is to go on creating oneself endlessly. And that's deep. You can meditate on that thing. That little thing will just explode your mind right there. If I'm going to exist to change, to change is to mature. To mature is to go on creating oneself endlessly. There's so much of you that you don't even know about yet. Isn't that right? There's so much of the... of. See, see when you came to Jesus, you no longer have two spirits. You have one spirit with him. So, as that said, you go on creating yourself endlessly. So, Jesus is the creator. He's creating through you. And you're unveiling another dimension of who you really are. Not who you were. Isn't that beautiful? That's what the little men on the charts all about right there. Is creating who we really are. The God man, the God woman, where nothing bothers you. Nothing bothers you. Because you're in fellowship. Everybody wants a partner. Because God put that in us. A partner for work, a partner for marriage, a partner for this, a partner for that. He created us to do things together. Amen. And until you find your partner, He's going to do it with you. Amen. Because, you know, Jesus has to be everything before he does send the right one to you. Right? And some of us can jump the gun and get married, even though it was the right one. It went through hell for a long time. Amen. I think that's the case with a lot of them in here. Um, that we can go ahead of God sometimes. You know that's your wife. You know that's your husband. Well, let's go ahead and get married. But then you go through hell. And you think about it again. Well, maybe that wasn't my wife. Maybe that wasn't my husband. But then you come to an apostolic ministry. And all the junk starts getting purged out of you. Then you realize the beauty of the person that you married. Amen. Because I always tell these guys, the best part of your wife you have not met. Because God's got it hidden from your junk. From your junk. Because if she's messed up, it's because of you. <laughs> Marvin gave me that Marvin smile. <laughs> I love to counsel men when it comes to marriage. First thing you want to talk about, they want to tell me everything the wife's done wrong. I said, oh, don't, I don't want to hear that stuff. You're the problem. Let me chop off that head and let's put a new one on. And Revelation will blow that head to pieces. <laughs> I know Carl's had three heads at one time. <laughs> I saw three heads there one time. I said, I'm, I'm not going to tell him this. He'll think he's insane. <laughs> but look what the Lord has done. Through his revelations, through his visions, through his presence, through his power, through his love, through the unity of the people. That's the key. We got to be in unity and we got to grow in that unity. We got to die for one another. Literally, die for one another. That means that you would take a bullet before you let her have a bullet. That's how much you love her. Or each other. You love. You got to love each other the same way. Love is so conquering, isn't it? Love just diffuses everything that you go through. You can go through hell and have somebody just embrace you with true, pure love. And you can feel the meltdown. You can feel everything leaving. 
Why? Because love protects. You feel safe. Amen. And every man of the house should be the protector of that wife. And she's got to feel safe and secure. And not because of kingdom fit. Not because you got all these muscles. It's because your mind has been transformed and renewed. You cannot uphold God's love and maintain that love without a transformed and renewed mind. In fact, let me take that a little farther. Jesus said, Gene, take it a little farther. He said, you'll, he said, you'll never be able to walk in love without a transformed and renewed mind. You'll never be able to walk in love without a transformed and renewed mind. It won't last. You know how can you love some people for a little while and they, you just feel like killing them after that? <laughs> yeah, I'm done with you. <laughs> but that renewed, it's amazing how that renewed mind can just keep persevering. Can just keep going the second. That's why Jesus said if somebody asks you to go one mile, go two miles with them. Because that's what he could do. Love will go beyond you. And without a renewed mind, a transformed mind, you'll never be able to go beyond yourself. You'll never be able to go beyond the love that you were born into. And that's the love of the world. You'll never go beyond it. But you get wasted one time with God's love. It'll mess you up. Nothing else matters but that. And whatever truth was in that visitation is the tool for transformation and renewing. So the test of maturity is how we respond or react and change. When we react, it never is in love. Amen? When we respond, it's always going to be in love. Because selflessness is attached to response. Selfishness is attached to reaction. Glory to Jesus. I tell you, I'm just so proud of everybody at Kingdom Life. The ones that have been through some stuff and have, have and didn't let go. Didn't abort their home, didn't abort the house. We don't want any runaway children. We want you to stay in the house so we can love you out of this. Amen. Those deposits are awesome. When somebody starts loving on you and not recognizing the junk that's coming out of you. Amen. I've seen a lot of junk come out of some people. With my natural eye, my spiritual eye, I would have never embraced them. But there's one eye right here that sees like God. It's right in the middle. And it doesn't see the bad or the good. It sees the purpose. And that's what God is focused on is the purpose. The Bible says the eye of God. It didn't say the eyes of God. It says you're the apple of his eye. Not his eyes. So there's one eye. It's called the spiritual eye. And it will never see anything wrong. It's when we yield to the tree of good and evil. Good and evil. That we receive the bad and it pollutes the good. And I don't want nothing to do with that person. But you've got to reach a level of maturity for this spiritual eye to be developed in you. And when it's developed, God is saying, I can trust you with them because you're not going to beat them up and condemn them for what they've done. You love them out of it. And the whole time you're loving them out of it, 
man, their purpose is getting closer and closer to them. The unveiling of that purpose. Any questions? So are you all ready for some more change? I know some of you all have been through some change. <laughs> but you got to embrace it like Paul embraced it. Stay focused on your purpose. If you don't know your purpose yet, stay focused on your calling. You're called into fellowship with Jesus. Go into worship. Go into prayer. Go into meditation. And get closer to him. Because the world out there ain't looking for you. They're looking for Jesus. And they're looking hard. But they're going to find Jesus in you. In fact, a lot of them already are. With some of us in here. are finding the real Jesus. In you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you. For the revelation of change. I thank you, Lord, that you called us to change. I thank you, Lord, that you're with us in the change. I thank you, Lord, that you're unveiling your, your person in us as we go through the change. And I thank you, Lord, that we do this together, change together through the unity of the faith and have a sound and true mind. We have the victory and the dominion of your kingdom working through us. We seal it now with your presence. We seal it now with your grace. And seal it now with your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Giving some praise.